All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello, and welcome again to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. And Andrew, yep. we're going to need a bigger boat. Woo. I know. You know, my dad showed me that movie when I was, I want to say, seven or eight or something like that. And I still remember the guy, the scene where the guy gets torn in half um, and haunted my dreams for quite some time. Do you ever see that movie, The Perfect Storm? I have not, but let's talk about that after we introduce ourselves. Okay. So, uh, my name is Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are two friends who met over in Korea, and we bonded over our love for horror movies, so we decided to start a podcast, like every good millennial. You know, I heard a joke the other day that said, you know, starting a podcast is a lot like, hey, we should make a bar in this millennial generation. And I was like, you know what? I feel personally attacked by that. That's that's a little ridiculous, but you know what? God damn it, you're so right. That sounds so fucking true. So, yeah. I know. So basically, we get together bi-weekly, and we get together and we try and discuss um, a horror movie that we have seen over the past two weeks. We talk about the plot, we talk about what we thought of it, and we also talk about how it affected the medium at large. I believe this is episode 9 or 10. We have recently passed about 250 downloads, so thanks for that. Oh, man. And Andrew, yes. Perfect Storm. So what's all that about? Oh, I was like... I don't know. I feel like that movie was like Jaws for me. I feel like, you know, Jaws kept you out of the water and like the perfect uh-huh. storm kept me the fuck away from boats. <laughs> because it's like a movie about the guys who go like fishing and then like a storm comes and it's just horrific. You know, I always like the Michael Caine quotes that he said about Jaws the Revenge where someone asked him, did you even see the movie Jaws the Revenge? And he says, you know, I haven't seen it, but I have seen the house it built and by God, it is beautiful. <laughs> That's so great. yeah, uh, so it's all good. So Andrew, I hear you're officially on summer break. Oh yeah, I, I got out of school about two and a half hours ago, and mm-hmm. I'm not looking back. It was it was great. Wonderful, I, wonderful, I actually got wonderful. A, I got like the most letters from students I've ever gotten in my life. Like people oh, that's like, awesome. me letters. The one one kid like uh-huh. cried when they left, and I didn't like know what to do. You know what? Uh, for Teacher Appreciation Week this year, uh, one of the days the principal said, yeah, give your teacher your favorite candy. And I told my kids, you can get me any candy, honestly, except for Tootsie Rolls. I hate Tootsie Rolls, but get me everything else, and I'll be okay with it. And one of my favorite girls, she gave me an entire pack of goddamn Tootsie Rolls. And I'm just like, you did this on purpose, didn't you? You you do that just to fuck with me. And she was just like, what? So, yeah. You ate them all, though? I, I actually gave it to the gym teacher, because he will eat them all. So that's exactly what happened there. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Wait, so, so that's... You know, just, just to make your kids feel bad, what was your favorite candy you got? Uh, favorite candy I got? Ooh, someone gave me a huge pack of peanut M&M's, which oh, I enjoyed shit. very, very much. It wasn't like one of those... It was one of those big, like, share size, where it's in a little baggie. Dude, those got, share like, size things little... are ridiculous. I know. Like, nobody's going to share that shit. That's, that's just for you. Exactly. Like that one Onion video that said... Uh, subway executives are horrified to learn that their footlongs aren't being shared with multiple people and people are eating them all by themselves. <laughs> just like, no, we designed those to be split between multiple people or over the course of a city. Oh my god, I can't believe people are doing this. This is ridiculous. So yeah, yeah good stuff. Alright, 
Well, I think that uh, filled our random tangent for the day. So you want to head right into our House of Wax? Sure. Actually, before that, Dan, do you listen to any other horror podcasts? Like, do you listen to any other? Um, I listen to a couple lesser-known ones, and I'm not sure I want to give them the free advertisement, because what? to be honest, they haven't given us the free advertisement yet. What? So... Once that is, I mean, that's that's my hill I'm going to die on. I will respect your decision if you want to give a shout-out oh. to any other ones. So, Andrew, uh, where where are you going with this tangent? Who are you? Who who paid you to advertise? Uh, well, well I, I just noticed. So, Dan and I have been planning this episode for like two weeks now, I think. And yes. uh, the week we went to go record uh, a podcast called Horror Movie Night, I think, uh, which used mm-hmm. to be a Reddit uh, kind of post, released their episode on House of Wax. Um, and mm-hmm. I have not listened to it yet because I don't want to accidentally, like, I don't know, repeat what they say. But, yeah. like, damn, that's a coincidence. I don't know, like, what's going on. Yeah, so after I record this, then I'm going to go ahead and we're going to listen to that one. And I don't know, can I backdate this to, like, say it was released before theirs were? You know, I mean, technically, let's retcon it. We recorded this one a month ago, and I just haven't gotten around to editing it until just now. Oh, great. Are we okay with that? I'm, I mean, I'm okay thankfully, we Okay. I mean, thankfully, we haven't, like, you know, publicly recorded this or anything like that. No, so no nobody, be nice. nobody knows. Only my dog cool. knows, and he's sleeping, so cool. he doesn't actually cool. know. So one thing I did realize is um, useless information. This is our second episode with wax in the title, and oh. it is also yeah. our second episode with the word house in the title. Whoa. We, uh, took a look at the Japanese 1975 film Hausu, and then we also took a look at the 1988 Waxwork as well. So now we're going to go ahead to our 2005 House of Wax. And let's go back to the year of 2005 because honestly, this movie kind of struck me as a very much a product of its oh, time. Fuck yeah. Um 2005. So I would have been in my junior year of high school at that point. Where would you have been? Uh, wait, junior year? Okay, 2005. Um, yes. I graduated in 2009, so mm-hmm. freshman year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 2005. So let's see. Let's see. The most popular 2005 bands. The ones that were going on right there, uh, Black Eye... Uh, the singles of 2005, Mariah Carey was huge. Gwen Stefani released Hollaback Girl. Damn. Um, Ain't no Hollaback Girl. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson was, you know, killing it with City Been Gone. Green Day, you know, had their American Idiots uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams kind of come on up right there, and everything was good. And then the movies at the time. I'm looking that up right uh, now. 2005. Dude, we've got Batman Begins, yeah. King Batman Kong, Begins. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh, man, I remember Revenge War of the, the Sith came out that year? Jesus. Uh, yeah, Brokeback Mountain, yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. History of Absolutely. Violence, so good. Uh-huh. Narnia came on over to... The fourth the, Harry Potter movie. Uh, the Chris uh, Chris Evans Fantastic Four, and the original Amity Horror, too. So yeah, that was that. The original? Oh, no, the we remake. gotta remember, too. The, re- uh, the, uh, the, the Chris Prime one. Not the 90s version, but the... The one that had the sequel, Rise of the Silver Surfer. That 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 version of it. Of Amityville? The Jessica Alba one. What the fuck? What's going on here? No, we're we're, we're talking Fantastic Four, not Amityville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. It wasn't the original <laughs> Amityville. Good, all right. Yes, but, uh-huh. no, okay. not the original, original Amityville. And then one number two thing, Doom with The Rock, with that oh. first person scene. That was in there, too. That was pretty, yeah. like, okay, what do you think of that movie? Just quick, quick aside. Um, I think it was cheesy as hell, and I was entertained by it, but I would not by any stretch of the imagination call it a good movie. Fair enough. Uh-huh. Dude, oh. Squid and the Whale yes. came out that year. The what now? Squid. 
<laughs> the Squid and the Whale is a movie that I uh, happened across one night awkwardly, uh-huh. um, and I never knew what the fuck it was about, and now I know. It is okay. apparently a 2005 movie. Um, it was a squid and or a whale. Sounds good. It's, it's great. Uh, okay. So, have actually, before we get too far into this, have you seen the, yeah. um, the original House of Wax? I have not. Oh. Um, so, basically, uh, for the listeners, this is a loose, and I use the term loose very, very loosely, um, remake of the Vincent Price. Um, actually, no, it is... It's Vincent Price. There are two of them. Hmm? No, there are two of them. There is one, the Vincent Price one from 1953, and then there's also one from 1933 called Mystery of the Wax Museum. That might be a different one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got those two right there. Uh, but uh, I, I guess this is closer to the... I don't know, you tell me. What, what is this Vincent Price version all about? All right, all right. All right. So like, back in, the, back in like, my college years and high school years, I was like addicted to watching horror movies. And I would watch yes. basically any shitty thing I found. Like I would buy, I was okay. a kid who bought those like nine horror movies collection, and they were all shit. Uh huh. And I watched. So them. you're also talking present day too. Yeah, my life. Uh, um, and so I <laughs> this watched. Is this is a movie. defining character trait of you. You're like, yeah, this is me. Hey, I'm Andrew. I like long walks on the beach and watching shitty horror movies as many as I can get my hands on. You know, that's I've, how you are. I've been better though uh-huh. lately. I've actually, I, <laughs> I like, dude, I did not go see Detective Pikachu in theaters. I what? I am proud uh. of myself. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm, well, I, I guess that intervention really helped. It, it you, really so. did. It was, it was great. You know, though I might anyway. go see Annabelle 3 early at an early release. Um, uh-huh. Just, but you know. Anyway. Um, so, um, <laughs> so anyway, so the House of Wax movie, the first one, was basically Vincent Price was this, like, uh, curator of a wax museum. Um, he was actually the wax museum maker. And unlike Waxworks, mm-hmm. they, even back then, and then, like, whatever the fuck that movie was made, they used actual wax figures instead of fucking people standing still which is great yeah um yeah you know they don't look as good but um <laughs> so basically uh he's a he's this guy who works at a wax museum um he's some guy some like collector is like really impressed with his collection um but uh his his like partner buddy is like yo let's like burn down this uh this wax work and get some insurance money and vincent's like nah man like i spent my entire life making these fucking wax works like not not doing mm-hmm. that shit and his, his partner's like eh, whatever and burns him <laughs> and like lights the place on fire um, and uh-huh. so basically, um, after that, that's a kind of the, the beginning of the movie. Um, and after that, this, uh, masked man or this like weird defigured man keeps appearing and, uh, murdering people. Um, mm-hmm. and Vincent Price reveals himself to kind of come back and he's in a wheelchair and he, his hands are all scarred and nasty. And he's like, yo, like, uh, I'm going to continue my wax working. Um, and it basically mm-hmm. the story follows as this masked man is killing people. Uh, and Vincent is creating his new waxworks, and these Texans are trying to kind of figure out what's going on. It, it's a good, it's a fun little movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then Vincent Price, I'm sure, hams it up as usual. Oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, he's always he's a GP. joy to watch. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 wonderful. Um, I really love the Simpsons cameo he did at one point, mm. uh, where Lisa and Marge uh, have a rainy day and they're trying to figure something out. And there's this egg making kit that was designed by Vincent Price, and they actually call up the hotline, and he's actually talking to them. It's uh, it's good. It's good <coughs> stuff. But yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, basically this is the 2005 remake, and I would assume I use remake in a very, very loose manner. Correct, Andrew? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, do you know do you know who Dark Castle is? Yes. Like their their production company. Yeah. Like so they did all those remakes. They did House on Haunted Hill. They did Thirteen Ghosts. They did the Ghost Ship. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Like th- this was like, like was one of the last ones I think that they did mm-hmm. uh, before they kind of went off into like other shit. But like mm-hmm. it's very along those lines. They kind of took an old property and just. 
made a new movie out of it. Like House of Haunted Hill was yeah. a little bit more similar, I feel, feel like. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I feel like during that time, I remember these movies coming out like one after the other and like wanting to see them. Yeah, Ghost Ship, 13 Ghost, Gothica was on there too. Yeah, and like a lot of these just had a very similar, I don't know, a very similar tone, very similar. It was kind of like early Blumhouse where a lot of the movies just kind of moved together and blended together at that point right there. Yeah, but, uh, I, I agree. Uh-huh. I think that's a good, like, I feel like they were the Blumhouse of their late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Like, and um, the only thing I remember about this movie, I never saw it when it came out in theaters, but I do remember the internet going up and roar about it because it was around the time of Paris Hilton's popularity, uh, quote unquote, and when she was trying to really, really break into acting, I guess this was her one attempt um, at that, and I remember everyone being up in a roar about it because she does get a pipe to the face in this movie and completely dies. So everyone was really excited about that. Like, ooh, I want to watch this movie because I get to see Paris Hilton, Hilton get impaled by a pipe. Oh, yeah. And that's totally it. It happens. That's it. So, yeah. yeah that, was, that was really interesting. Like, the, I don't think I've ever, like, seen or, like, because even, again, as, as like, a kid, like, at, you know, as a freshman in high school, like, I knew the people... That she, I didn't really know who she was. I knew she was in this movie, and that people were excited that she was going to die, which is a very kind of yeah. interesting phenomenon. No, she was, um, at that point in 2005, she was kind of the face of the obnoxious socialites lifestyle. You know, she was only she the Jersey Shore. famous because, uh, kind of. She was only famous because her parents owned the Hilton properties. She was famous Holy for, shit. you know, having, yeah. I never made that connection before. Yeah, damn. Yeah. No, she's the great great granddaughter of the person who founded the Hilton Hotels, and basically she's just this it girl, kind of a Kardashian. And I remember everyone was really, really upset because she seemed very vapid and seemed very <coughs> Kardashian esque in that way. And then also her sex tape was released about two years before this movie came out, which was a whole big thing as well. Um, but yeah, this was it. Uh, she, I believe this was her only acting credits she's ever done. Yep. And after that, holy shit, this Wikipedia article has like 300 references towards her. Uh, but, 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 no. Uh, she's been in a couple movies, but it seems like this is the only one aside from a couple National Lampoon movies that I recognize. Hmm. She was in Repo, the genetic was opera. She? Yeah, she was someone called Amber Sweet. Oh. Yeah, and I remember that she was also in a movie called The Hottie and the Naughty, which I only know because it won, like, all the Razzies that year. Um, but yeah, crazy stuff. Huh. All right, cool. So, House of Wax. Uh, this one right here is a loose remake of the Vincent Price movie, and let's get to it then. But overall, first impressions, Andrew, what do you think of this movie? Uh, I have a lot better, like... I feel like this movie could have been good if it wasn't infinitely long. Like, <laughs> I'll talk about it later, but, like, there's a point in this movie uh-huh. where I was like, oh, it must be over. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. how much time And I just left? kept going with that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely a very slow-paced movie. Well, I don't know. I felt like the first half hour was very, very slow-paced, and then it got very quick. And then, like you said, there was a point where... It looked like it was building up to some sort of climax, and then they just kept moving the goalpost over and over and over again. And we're just like, oh, come on, guys, let's move it. Um, this movie was very nostalgic for me, mm-hmm. and not in the way because I didn't see it when I was in high school. I saw it for the first time fairly recently. Um, but 
the soundtrack, the cinematography, the actors and the people who were starring in them, everything just kind of took me back to that late high school, early college mm-hmm. era. Uh, where, like we said, the Dark Horse Entertainment, uh, or the Dark Castle Entertainment was pumping out all these horror movies, kind of like a proto Bloomhouse kind of thing right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, overall, it's I thought it was okay. I definitely had my huge problems with it, but um, it, was, it was a fun movie for me to watch. Yeah. So, let's get into it. So, let's start with the opening scene, which, in true horror movie fashion, um, is kind of a prologue to the events of why that's going on there. So, we're introduced to our character, Trudy Sinclair, who is a famous wax sculptor, and she's got one son who is diligently eating his cereal down at the uh, table. And we never really get to see his face, but all of a sudden we hear off screen um, another son being brought in by dad. And this son is full-on delinquent. He is yelling, screaming, kicking, and they actually physically strap him onto the chair um, because he refuses to. And it's not in a, oh, he's been misbehaving kind of way. We get the impression, oh, shit, these parents are abusing the hell out of this kid. Did you notice that, like, not only did they strap his arms down, they then just duct tape them over? Yep. Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And there's dried blood on the high chair, and, I mean, definitely social services is going to get involved in this one right here. I don't know. Maybe he hit the remote too many times. It feels very Halloween-esque. Like, let's make a really, really bad backstory for these characters. Like, Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting the movie with... We're we're starting... That's a good way to put it. It feels very Halloween Rob Zombie sort of way. Um, But we start our movie with child abuse, which is wonderful. That's what I want to see in my horror movies. Um... (laughs) So we got that right there. Uh, we also find out that Trudy Sinclair, the mother, is a famous wax sculptor, which kind of comes on through there. Um, and the boy who's being strapped down gets slapped across the face, and then our opening title comes on in, and we're introduced to our teenage protagonists. So, Andrew, teenage. tell us about them. Teenage is the way to say it, yeah. Um, yep. Okay, yeah, so, so we, uh, we, we were introduced to uh, Paris Hilton uh, eating some french fries. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to, um, and Paris Hilton, I forget her, her character's name, is Paige. Paige. Um, mm-hmm. And she's talking with Carly, who's played by uh, Alicia Cuthbert, um, and mm-hmm. basically talking about how um, she's, like, getting some internship and stuff. Basically just some backstory, kind of trying to front a little bit about her character, about how she's doing some fashion mm-hmm. internship. Um, and you start to realize that, like, Paris Hilton's face doesn't move at all, and it's like, something <laughs> like a Botox. Like, literally, her face is very plastic. And I don't, like, I'm not trying to be, yep. be mean to her, but, like... As I was watching, I was like, "Wow! Like, like what? She like doesn't express. She doesn't emote. It's really weird." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, is it? Is it kind of? Does she look to be sculpted out of wax in whoa. some way? I mean, maybe that's what was going on here. Well, she, is this like? We'll see. Is this like Halloween three, where she's been a robot the entire time? Um, <laughs> no, what she is is uh, because this was her very, very first acting effort. She wanted to. Um, be like her hero, Daniel Day-Lewis, and just do method acting for the whole thing. So she decided to sculpt a wax figurine over her face, and that's what she uses the entire movie. <laughs> it, uh-huh. That's honestly that's, what it looks That's like. how it goes. That, that, yeah. that, that is believable. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so they're, they're chilling out. Um, the camera's focusing on Paris Hilton, because obviously she's the star of this movie. Like, not really, but they're, who they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to promote. Um, so she goes out and talks to her boyfriend, who is sitting in his car while they're eating lunch and, like, playing with the GPS and, like, singing. Yeah. It's really awkward. Like, I kind of wonder what he's doing there. It's very, like weird character introduction um well it's a brand new car right and you know he is basically he is so in love with this car that he wants to just 
play with all the bells and whistles and figure out what's going on there. He's basically like this kid with a set of keys jangling in front of him, and he's just like, <laughs> car, what? this is cool. Do you recognize him? Blake? Uh, uh, Wade? Blake. Blake? Blake, 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 Blake. No, I do not. Uh, Who is he? Clearly, you did not watch Cousin Skeeter when you were younger. It's a, I did it's not. It's a Disney Channel show about, like, a Muppet. Like, they, they had, like, a... Cousin Skeeter was, like, a Muppet that, like, uh, this character interacted with. Robert Richard is the actor. He, like, interacted yeah. with him. Um, okay. Was, I thought you were talking about the puppet for a second there, and I was just like, yes! This movie would have been definitely better if Cousin Skeeter the puppet was Holy in shit, there. dude. If Cousin Skeeter is in this movie, that would be the best film ever. Uh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Um, no, I don't. I, I don't want him to be like a main character. I just want him to show up every once in a while and say like a crazy thing, like "Oh, guys, this shit is whack." And then disappear. I don't know. I, I never saw Cousin Skeeter as a kid, but I'm assuming that's what it was based on the limited YouTube knowledge I've seen. That, that's yeah. That, that's it. That's it. Does he have a catchphrase? Does Cousin Skeeter have a catchphrase? I have not seen that show. In just do. I have no idea. I hope so. Oh, Maybe he's just like okay. I'm Cousin Skeeter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. That's my favorite catchphrase. Yeah, it's like how. Um, you know, Urkel on Family Ties, his favorite catchphrase, he came on, came on in and said, hey, I'm Urkel, and then he just leaves. Yep. And everyone was just like, that's right, Dude. that's who Urkel was, now we remember. Cousin Skeeter was the original Hodor. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so we've got Cousin Skeeter, we've got Paris Hilton, the star power for this movie is incredible. Uh, Elijah Cuthbert is, um, at this point, she was in 24, she was in The Girl Next Door, and she was in a couple other movies at that point, but that's about it. Uh, who else do we got here? Uh, we got our our buddy um, Chad Michael Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who I, I know he's from something. I can't like One Tree Hill maybe. I can't remember what he's from. He's from something. Um, okay. Jared Padalecki oh, of uh, Gilmore Girls and Supernatural fame. Ah, did, gotcha. did you ever watch Supernatural? Uh, I've seen the first season. It just it wasn't for me. It was it was one of those shows, and I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of like hate mail about this. It was okay. But I just found the fan base way too obnoxious to, like, really be in there. Like, it's something I'm struggling with Rick and Morty right now. Like, I mm. do love the show. I think it's a really clever show. But, oh, my God, this ugh, yeah. bad fan base. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I've, I think I've watched, like, ten seasons of that show, of Supernatural. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, the fan. I don't pay attention to the fan base, and it's a bad show. Yeah. But somewhere around, like, yeah. season five, they realize they're a bad show, and it becomes self-referential. And, it. and it's great. Uh-huh. It becomes, like... That's wonderful. Like, it's... There are episodes where literally, like, they go... They go to like a school, and the school is putting on a musical about the first two seasons of the show, and they point out like all the things that are wrong with it, and it's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's like that episode of Avatar where the uh, Fire Nation play is coming on, which was the oh best my gosh, way the Fire Nation play the entire season. Yes, so that good. was so great. Uh huh. So anyway, uh, so we've got uh, Carly, mm-hmm. who is played again by Alicia Cuthbert, and she's basically the uh, final girl of this movie. She's the sweets. You know, homely girl. Paige is played by Paris Hilton. And what archetype does she fill, Andrew? I'll give you a hint. It starts with S and ends with Lutz. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I yeah. can't. I can't get it. I, I, there, there was no other way blood? to put Paris Hilton in there besides, you know, having her play the slutty character. Mm-hmm. Um, Carly's boyfriend is. Blake? Wade, actually. Paige's oh, boyfriend is yeah. Blake. That's Cousin Skeeter, yeah. Wade is Carly's boyfriend, um, and he's kind of just this carefree dude who just does not give a shit. I had so many problems with this really? character. I, I oh actually thought he was kind of smart. I thought, I thought he was like one of the few characters who seems kind of like... He kept getting it. himself into like... No! 
No, he kept going with it. Okay, we'll argue well, about this well, later. I, I think uh-huh. I think his very end, yeah, the very end thing that happens with him was stupid. But I think before that, uh-huh. with the other characters, the way he interacts, he seemed like a reasonable person. Well, at this scene at the very beginning, yeah, he's all right. But some of the decisions he makes later on where it's basically just like, okay, I don't know about this, guys. And he just keeps going with it. Like, oh. And he is rude. He is like the rudest fucker ever. Well, he's Jared Padalecki. Anyway, so he got that. He wants. <laughs> so we've also got uh, Carly's uh, twin brother, Nick. And Nick has been in and out of the prison system. We kind of get the impression he's a bit of a badass. He's a bit of a loner. He's a bit of... He does whatever he wants to do. And then he's also got his groupie, Dalton. And Dalton's whole role in this movie was basically to stand around Nick and say, You the man, Nick. Dude, he's, the, he's, such like the a, man. he's such like a 2000s character. Like such like a... That yeah. 2000s druggie who I feel like was in like all these movies. I feel like he's in the Texas Chainsaw remake. I feel like he's just like a stock... Like, I, I feel like that exact same character, the same look, the same hair, like everything is in yep. so many movies of that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's basically the groupie for our... Nick right here. So we are introduced to our six main characters, and we learn their mission. They are heading down to do, 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 um, Memorial Stadium for a football game. Woo! That I think only Blake is excited for. <laughs> yeah. No one else is just like, whatever. I mean, people are just like, oh, come on, Carly. Why'd you have to bring your brother Nick on this trip? And Nick is an asshole. Nick oh, yeah. Is like, Nick is he a like, total he asshole. Like, there's some, he walks out of the restaurant, and there's some... Uh, homeless man like a cup of change and nick just kicks his hand like a fucking dick yep yeah like yeah and it's just like okay yeah we get it you're a dick that's how it goes and then it's just like yeah well prison taught me this and prison taught me that and just like no dude you're just a dick that's how it goes uh yeah so they all leave this restaurant and they start driving on down now it's very late at night they're hoping to get there before morning but they quickly realize after one of the roads is out that they're just there it's not going to happen so the two cards decide to pull in to this abandoned field and just camp there for the nights. Um, they're all super tired, and they just kind of set it on up, and they decide to party that night by playing some music, throwing some football arounds. Um, there is one scene where Wade, Carly's boyfriend, tosses a football, and it lands by Nick's feet. And Nick just kind of refuses to pick it up until Wade comes on over, picks it back up, and then just throws it, chucks it really, really, really far. Where we learn that he's got a good throwing arm. Yep. And that actually comes back into play about five minutes later. So great job setting that bread trail up movie. Oh, and we all, you did we it. We also get like a great scene between uh, Carly and Paige, which is never mentioned again, but like they hint at Paige being pregnant. And yes. they're like, gonna, are you going to tell Blake about it? She's like, nah, I don't care, whatever. Like, I'm my own person. And it's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's something to tell. I mean, it is Paris Hilton. Like, they do a really good job. I, I, I wonder how self-aware she was when she was making this movie. Because her character is basically public perception of her at the time. Yeah. So I don't know if... Because I don't know her, obviously, as a real person. But I'm assuming she was at least self-aware of how the movie was portraying her. And maybe she was, you know, kind of poking fun at that as well. I really, I really hope, I but, hope so. I hope she wasn't like, this is the uh-huh. best character in the movie. Unless yeah. She chose, uh-huh. they, they were trying to offer her like Carly's role. And she's like, no, no, no. I want Paige. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want Paige. She's got the cool boyfriend who doesn't die super quickly. You know, she's the one who's got the internship at New York Style or InStyle Magazine, you know, and all of that. She's going to be a mother. Yeah, no, she's got a lot of stuff going for her. Um, and, and this is where we learned, like, this, like you said earlier, this is where we learned also that they're twins because at one point, like, uh, Jared Padalecki is talking to Carly and it's like, yo, like, 
yeah, brother's a dick. And she's like, I can't help it. He's my twin. Which uh-huh. this movie like yeah. shoves that twin thing in your face like so much. Oh yeah. And, but you're just like, oh yeah. What are you trying to say? <laughs> like, like what like it's it's a theme but it's not a theme mm-hmm. it, it, it's not yeah it's not really a theme at that point it's basically just a plot point they keep coming back to over and over again and they blue ball us because there's absolutely zero payoff on that by the end but i mean it is what it is maybe they have secret wins somewhere in early version of the draft and they do their wonder print twins power activates to defeat our you know baddies but that'd be insane it is what it is mm-hmm yeah. So, so anyway, they're all camped out. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you go. You got this. I believe in you. Okay. Yeah, they're all camped out, and all of a sudden, this creepy little truck comes on by and shines their headlights at them. We're unable to see who's in the truck at that point, um, and they basically just say, hey, listen, man, this is a private party in the open field where we're blaring their lights back and forth. You got to get the hell out of there. Um, and the guy just kind of creepily sits and stares and doesn't do anything so nick in what has previously established with him being a amazing thrower shatters one of the truck's headlights by throwing a rock at it and at that time the guy's just like all right fine i'm out like a girl scout and just kind of backs on up and leaves and no one's really phased by it like they say i'm really pissed at nick but no one's like yeah that was creepy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, they're just like, dude, you just broke that guy's headlights. I'm like, well, he was being creepy. Blah blah blah. And we kind of get a little bit more of Nick's character traits, where he's impulsive, and then he's also very he blames other people for everything that happens to him. Um, so that's just kind of something that happens right there, and that's something that's been going on. So yeah, that's what happens to Nick, and that's what happens to our trucky friends right there. And then I think at this point, too, um, maybe a little bit earlier when they're playing around the campsites, they realize that there's some sort of horrible smell coming from you know, somewhere nearby, but they don't decide to pursue it. Which is weird, because when we find out what that thing is, and we find and like Wade and them are like, oh, it smells like death, and like it smells like a dead body, and like, why the fuck would you still camp there? If if this yeah. if, if like you know it, it's warm it's like a hot like they live in a hot climate we mm. find out what we find out later what it is and you're just like you guys must be smelling that shit for miles like why the fuck would yep. you want to stay there? Yep, yep, yep. That's how it goes. Hey, listen, man, they got some football to play, so that's how it so. goes. So, so then they get wasted <laughs> and play football all night. Yeah, that's how they do. They learn from the best. They learn from Tommy Wiseau, okay. except they're not wearing tuxedos. So yeah, that's that. Um, so they all fall asleep in their tents, and they wake up, and they realize that one of the cars they took has their 15-inch fan belt very cut, important. and it's very important, very important. because it's it's 15 inches. That's, that's one thing they just keep hammering over and over again, 15-inch fan belt, 15-inch fan belt. So they can't start one of the cars. Um, Blake says, hey, listen, you can all ride in my car, and there's a town close by. We can go to the gas station there and try and pick up a fan belt. Um, and some of them start thinking to themselves, well, wait a second, maybe that creepy guy from the truck last night came on in, stuck into our campground, and kind of cut that fan belt right there. And they're kind of dismissive of that at that point, um, but basically they split the group at this point, and they try and figure out, okay, let's go ahead, let's get that fan belt taken care of right there. So, yeah. That's what happens. And then what is our next part, Andrew? Um, so, yeah, so while they're, while they're kind of debating this, um, Paige and Carly, for some reason, decide to go into the woods to try to find where that smell's coming from. 
Uh, they go to the bathroom. Oh, first. bathroom. Okay, because I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh-huh. they go. yeah. yeah. yeah that, so they're in the yeah. woods. They're going to the bathroom. They smell the smell. Like, let's check the shit mm-hmm. out. And uh, yeah. as they explore the woods, Carly falls down a slope um, into a ravine, mm-hmm. which is filled with deer corpses and just like a bunch of animals yes. that have obviously been hit by cars. And oh god, it's there. it's it's like a swimming pool size of just corpses and shit like that. It's it's massive. Mm-hmm. And she's in there like head first. With their arms like are basically the thing that are keeping her out of it. And, like, yeah. she can't get out, basically. She, her arms are stuck in there. But, like, when we kind of uh-huh. pan back to see her, like, oh, no, I can't move, I can't move. Like, she's on, like, <laughs> the, like, most, like, less, least extreme incline I've ever seen in my life. She could fucking get out of uh-huh. there. Yeah. She's, like... It's, like, a 20-degree incline, yeah. And then she's just, like, help, I've fallen, I can't get up. And then, like, Nick comes down uh-huh. and helps her up. But he, like, just walks down, like, next to her, like, pulls her back. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> all right, if he could do that, you can clearly at least, like, put one of your hands out and prop yourself up or something. Uh-huh. But she basically just, like, yeah. plays in it, like, it's oblique, and uh, yeah, gets exactly. all bloody. Well, we gotta know that Nick is, uh, you know, so big and so strong, and, you know, that's that's how he is, that's, you know. And they're twins. Did you get that? They're they twins, twins. And they help each other Same out. Boy. You know, family sticks together, and, you know, that's that's what Lilo and Stitch taught oh, me. Oh, gosh. But anyway. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so, and while, while, you know, they pull her up, and everyone's there. And while they do that, um, this other truck comes up, and we notice that its headlight is not broken, so it's not a previous truck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... If you guys have ever seen that uh, show, Justified, uh, I think his name's like Dewey, Dewey Crowder, c- pops mm-hmm. out, this like hick guy, who I think this is his life, who always plays hick characters. Um, yes. And he's uh, tossing another deer corpse there, um, and as he's doing that, uh, people like, you know, ask him, what's going on, what are you doing? And they, uh-huh. uh, they find a hand sticking up out of the uh, corpse pile. Well, what I love about this character is, like, he doesn't respond at all for, like, a good three yeah, minutes. Right? Like, he spends three minutes just kind of staring at them, like, trying to be as creepy as possible. And, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Hand sticking out. Yeah, so, he, he goes up to... The, so, they're like, oh, do you see that hand? And he's like, oh, shit. And, like, walks over across the bodies and uh, pulls on the hand. And it is revealed that it's actually a mannequin. And he's like, yeah, guys, I found this in the street. You know, I found this in the side of the road. I thought I'd put it here for kind of fun. Um, yeah, that's the, you know, toss the hand in the corpses. Right? It's great time. It's, it's like uh-huh. the best severed hand joke since, like, uh, pre- the Predator movie that came out. Yeah, I know. I got, really got a hand it to them. It was, it was great. And actually, speaking of which, we should be the Predator <laughs> at some point, because that movie's fucking terrible. We should. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway. So, yeah, so the, uh, he, he offers to uh, give Wade and uh, Carly a ride to the uh, the town to get a new fan belt because he's like, yo, guys, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a nice bro. I'll help you out. And then the other people can go and mm-hmm. see their game, which they're all so excited about. Um, yeah. Which is weird, again, because I, I, at this point in time, like, uh, Eric, not Eric, Nick, Nick is showing himself to be protective of his sister and he, like, gives her a shirt and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he doesn't offer to go with them, which is weird because he obviously yeah. doesn't give a shit about the football game. Uh-huh. Which seems a little bit weird. So it's, it's it's very much a, why is he here this entire movie? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get the point right here where creepy redneck guy is clearly infatuated with Carly. Like, at one point when she's changing her shirt, he just kind of, like, creepily stares at her. Um, I think there is one shot where he's trying to impress her with his knife. Yeah. Like, actual literal, and then just, like, jams it into the dashboard. It's... Very, uh, very unsubtle about that right there. But the truck eventually gets to this washed-out road, and he says, yeah, the town's right behind this river. Let me just get my four wheels on. And they, Nick and, uh, or not Nick, uh, Blake and Carly basically just keep saying, yeah, uh, no, we'll walk. It's fine. 
no, seriously, I insist. No, we'll walk. It's fine. And it's this very awkwardly tense moment. Like, obviously, the movie was trying to make it very tense as possible, but I just kind of found it awkward. Yeah, it was it was just like a weird conversation. Yeah, it was just like, okay, they're trying to get it in there. And honestly, I, I, it, it was like an episode of The Office where it's just like, oh, God, this is so awkward. Um, but they eventually just decide to leave on their own while Redneck Guy just kind of gets out of the truck and kind of zooms on back. And the town is literally like 50 feet away around the yeah. corner. It's extremely close. Um, and that's what they do. So they piss off the Redneck Guy and they head on back. So we cut to a brief, brief scene where Nick and Blake and everyone else, or not Blake, uh, Nick and everyone else are sitting in traffic and they realize, yeah, we're never going to get to the game this way. Um, so they decide to head on back, basically. And that sets that up. Mm-hmm. So we've got Blake and we've got Carly just kind Wade. of exploring this time. Blake? Blade? Wade. Blake? Wade? Blake is Paris' girlfriend, boyfriend. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wade and Carly are just kind of exploring this town, going back and forth on that one. And they eventually do stumble across a gas station, which is completely empty. And not only is the gas station empty, the rest of the town seems very empty as well. Um, Carly tries to call her um, brother and don't really get any reception on that point right there. So they decide to head down to the gas station to try and find a fan belt to kind of figure all that out. But they don't really find anything until they head into the church. So what happens there? So they pull, they pull into the church. Uh, basically, they assume they're like, ah, oh, nobody's here, so let's go check out the church. Maybe, like, everybody's there for a funeral uh, or something like that. Yeah. So they go in there, um, and they open the door, and there's all these people in there. Their heads are bowed, um, and there is a priest kind of presiding over um, a funeral, basically. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, like, one of the people turned, like, the guy is kind of like, what are you doing here? And so they kind of freak out and close the door and walk away. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I don't know, I've never walked in on a funeral before, but I would assume a small town like this, like, that they're, they're mortified that they interrupted a funeral. But I don't know, maybe I'm just a jerk. But that could have easily been a, oh, my bad, I'm, I'm gone, sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think they made a bigger deal out of it than it needed to be. Yeah, I agree. But, but uh-huh. as they leave the... the priest guy kind of pops out and is like hey guys sorry about that you know it was just like a, it was like a funeral and you guys kind of walked in mm-hmm. so uh, you know give me like 10 yep. minutes i'm also the mechanic in this town so and i'll like come and help yep. you guys out uh mm-hmm. so while they while uh he does that they go walk around they explore a little bit they find the wax work uh mm-hmm. or the, not the wax work the wax museum house of wax yes um, uh-huh. um and they explore a little bit find the, some yep. light, some now this is this, this House of Wax is a little bit interesting, though, because, like, literally the entire place is made out of wax. Usually wax museums, you know, the actual exhibits are the only things made out of wax. But this one, no, the walls, the floor, the tables, the everything is just completely 100% made out of wax. There's a scene where they're at the front door, and then they actually, like, move their fingers inside the wax on the walls, and they're just like, oh, my God, this entire building's made out of wax. So they take that very, very literally. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. very impractical. But <laughs> yeah, great, great for the movie. <laughs> it's that. so impractical. Like it's so yeah, I know. Hot, it's just like how does this work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, they they seem um, they don't specifically state where they're at, but they imply it's somewhere in the deep south. I mean, that's the impression I yeah, get. Yeah, that's right? what I assume. Like based on the accent uh-huh. and stuff that we get from like the yeah the hick guy uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we do get a quick little jump scare where there's a doggo and they're just like oh. Um, 
uh, not Blake, uh, oh god, Wade basically just says, oh, look at this cool wax dog, and then all of a sudden, nope, it's a real dog, and the dog starts to bark and run away, and, you know, Carly kind of laughs about that. Uh, but we see a lot of these creepy little wax figurines, and they just keep kind of exploring. And this is where I want to pause, and I want to talk about the character of Wade. Mm-hmm. Wade knows no boundaries. He yeah, has yeah. no respect yeah. for anything. He's just like, oh, yeah, this wax museum says it's closed. Let's just go on in. Oh, this gas station, obviously it's closed. Let's go on in. Let's keep going. He keeps dipping his fingers in so many cookie jars, and it's just... When he gets his cup up, and I'm just thinking, yeah, that's what you get, man. That's what you get for not that. respecting. They do, they do go into a fucking uh-huh. bunch of places without like any, yeah, <laughs> any, any like, uh, you know, any regard for anybody. But uh, and actually, just, just to kind of get up to a point I want to make later, uh, or the kind of thing ties into uh-huh. it. So like, they basically the mechanic guy comes yeah. back. They don't have the right um, belt that they're looking for. Can I? Can I? No, I'm sorry. Can I? I'm going to pause here okay. for a second. House of Wax. House of wax. He's in the House of yes. Wax. He goes outside the House of X. He sees a cellar door that's padlocked, and he tries to get in. He is just like, oh, this House of Wax has a creepy cellar door. I'm going to try and go inside. And then he basically just, like, slams it up and down really, really loud. And it's just like, dude. Maybe he's just trying, he's dude. Just trying to get, um, trying to see if in the, in the cellar they might have any 15-inch uh, fan belts. Yeah, that's where I would keep mine. Anyway, inch. gas station. Go. So go to the gas station. They, they look around. No 15 <laughs> inches. The 16 inch. Uh-huh. Then the uh, the priest arrives. Now he's in his mechanic get up. And he's like, yo, bro. Like, uh-huh. I got some back at the house. It's cool. They were shipped there. And like, at least the Cuthbert's uh-huh. character is kind of like Carly's like, wait, why are they at your house? What's going on? That's kind of weird. And actually, maybe maybe he says yeah. that. I can't remember. Um, but he's like, nah, bro. Like, I get my shit delivered there. And then I bring it down here. Which is, you know, legitimate yeah, excuse. Like, at this point. Yeah, given given small you know. business, I'd do that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's how it goes. So they do that. Um, so they're like, all right, cool. I'll drive you guys up. So he drives them up. And this is where we get the scene where he's like, they talk about going to the wax museum and stuff. And the guy's like, man, because uh, they're like, oh, the door's unlocked. The door's unlocked. And he's just, and then the uh-huh. guy's like, seems like a lot of shit's unlocked around here. <laughs> like, basically uh-huh. calling them out and breaking into all their shit. Like, it's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's wonderful. Good old. Just back to what you were saying earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, so they, they go in there. Um, and he's like, hey, guys. Uh, so I'll go get the 15 inch belt. Um, and he get he's like, and they're like, all right, we'll wait in the car. Like, because usually he's like, do I have someone come? And they're like, no, let's wait here. It's cool. Um, which is smart. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, hey, well, yeah. wait, you see you to go to the bathroom, right? Like, you can use my bathroom when we come in. Uh, so Wade's mm-hmm. like, uh, all right, cool. I guess I'll do that. So Wade yeah. leaves Carly in the car, and him and Bo, our mechanic, go in. And what happens from then on? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Wade decides to go to the bathroom. Um, Bo basically just says, yeah, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to change real quick and I will come right back down. Just make yourself at home. And Wade heads on in and he finishes up using the bathroom. And then as Wade is apt to do, he decides to take a look around the house and he just kind of keeps on wandering and he wanders for like a long time. Like at one point, I think we cut back to Carly and Carly is just kind of sitting there like, where's Wade? It doesn't take this too much time to pee. Come on, boyfriend. We know you like to explore, but this is how it goes. You're like my goddamn cat. Um, but Wade uh, finds a medical room um, that has a whole bunch of like these antique doctoral stuff that seem to be used to either A, restrain people, or B, cut them open. So he kind of really deeply wanders on there. I think at one point there's like a severed wax head. Yeah, um, what was What was the animal he saw? There's some sort of wax oh, animal shit. in there. Uh, I honestly can't remember. Probably want to say a big cat, but I don't think that's what it was. 
it, it looks like some sort of rat-like creature, like a hairless rat. Oh, um, probably possum. But there's, yeah, but there's like there's stuff in jars. There's stuff in like jars, and he's just like, okay, yeah, this sounds fun. I'm going to keep on exploring. Um, so we're 48 movie in the minutes in the movie. We are pretty much halfway done, and just this God, it's been so slow at this point. Um, but the door locks behind him, of course. And in what I think is actually a really creative, scary moment, um, he's pounding on the door saying, Oh, hey, uh, sorry, let me out. Um, I am locked in here. I'm sorry for snooping around. That's how it goes. When the floorboard slowly peeks up behind him, and then someone with this huge pair of shears kind of comes on out just, you know, waist high, and then takes the pair of scissors and cuts into his Achilles heel, which... Anything with Achilles' heel in horror movies just immediately just, ugh, right. ugh. So he, yeah, he immediately collapses on the ground and tries to stand up and just keeps falling on over, and he's just completely all over. Um, but eventually someone does come on in, knocks him unconscious, and he is captured. Yep. Carly, at this point, is still waiting in the car. And she's just like, okay, boyfriend, where are you? Because at this point it must have been about a good 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she gets out of the truck, and she goes around to Bo's truck, and she realizes, oh, shit, this car has a broken headlight. This is the exact same car that was creepily staring at us at the campsite. So Bo comes on at it about just that moment, um, and Carly gets into the truck. And Carly locks the doors and reveals that, hey, I know you're the creepy guy from the camp. And Bo immediately goes on to serial killer mode and just starts pounding on the door, trying to unlock it, breaks the window at one point, and there's a little bit of a chase going on. Um, And at this point, we cut back to our camp with Blake at Paris Hilton and company. So what do we got there? Is that where we are? Yeah, it it cuts on back after that chase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, yeah, no, it does we, not. Wade. It goes to the waxing. Yeah. yeah. So we cut, uh-huh. then we cut to yeah. Wade, um, and he's kind of like waking up a little bit, um, and he is mm-hmm. locked into this contraption that's basically holding him in like a sitting position with his arms yeah. outstretched, and it's like it's all these little mm-hmm. kind of pins and stuff, kind of sticking into his arms, holding him yeah. in place. Um, it's very saw. Yeah, very saw esque. And as uh-huh. he's there, uh, the we kind of see hands moving, and uh, we get the like, killer who attacked him. Uh, it kind of turns uh-huh. on this switch or this uh, kind of valve, and from out of all these tiny little uh, what do you call those things? Hoses, hoses. Uh, yeah, hoses, pins, injections, needles, something like that. Okay, so my question yeah. for you: This whole scene is basically to show that whoever created this wax museum is turning actual physical people into wax figurines. Yes. Um, are they injecting the wax into the skin, or are they just covering? It, it looks like they're just covering it. I think the needles that yes. are there to kind of hold them in place. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was one of the same thing. But yeah, those needles are super close. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think they're just ways of spraying it like in a fine mist. But yeah, yeah I don't mm-hmm. think they're inside of them because if it like they'll uh-huh. make sense to kind of preserve to get, you know keep some structure in there because I feel like eventually otherwise things would decay and like you know yeah especially with later in the movie when they actually start peeling back some of the oh. skin it's just kind of ooh, whatever it is so. But yeah, anyway, that's how Wade meets his grizzly end, uh, covered as a wax figurine. Well, that's not a grizzly end. And that's not a huh? End. Well, you know, I, I, I'd say once you're turned into a wax figurine, 
your life is pretty much over at that point. I don't know, maybe he'll go on to live a completely fulfilling life as a wax figurine. You know, he could be a greeter, he could be a doorstop. Hey, he, he could be... It. Yeah. <laughs> All right, touche on that one. Uh, so yeah, we cut back to the camp, and on the camp right there, uh, Blake is there, and Blake gets a phone call from Carly, um, and basically he says, hey, listen, why don't you... Oh, no, he doesn't get the phone call just yet, but Blake basically just goes, hey, listen, Carly and Wade need someone to pick them up. Why don't you go go check them out, because Paige and I, we're gonna bang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... You know, that's the entirety of both of their characters. So Nick and Dalton drive on over to fetch Carly and Wade, and we kind of see what's going on there and how they're all split up. And then we kind of cut on back into Carly's chasing. And Carly heads on back to the church, and she realizes that the church where they interrupt the funeral before is filled, all the people they saw before, with wax figurines. Even the priest is a complete fake. Um, everyone is just completely 100% fake, sitting in the pews. She knocks into a woman, and her arm just completely falls off. And we see that on the inside of these wax figurines are actual, like, bone and guts and snoo and all of that good stuff right there. So she's realizing, oh, shit, these are actual dead bodies that have been preserved with wax. Um, and as she's making this relevation... Bo comes on in, and Bo starts chasing her around and moving back and before. So she hides behind the pew at one point. Bo slowly starts looking around. She transfers on over to under the priest's robes, and she almost fools Bo for just a second. But then he kind of comes on back and does a fake gotcha, and then opens up um, the robes, and she manages to escape one more time. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, I think I would have seen uh, a better shot of like her actually hiding under the robes, but I'm not sure how effective that would have been. They're just dark and you know shadows and whatnot. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, she runs out of the church, uh, goes into a front yard. She sees someone in the window. Looks like to be an old lady, and she screams for help. But Bo captures her and basically knocks her yeah. out. And we cut back on over to Dalton and Nick, who are back at the washed-out road about 50 feet away from the town that they are at. And they decide to head on over. And then we cut on over to our torture scene in the basement under the gas station with uh, Carly and Bo. Carly is completely strapped down to a chair, not unlike what he was strapped to or the boy was strapped to in the opening scene of this movie. And not only that, Bo is tying her up with duct tape, too. So we get a little bit of connection. We get a little bit of synergy on that one right there. Over runs in the family. Yeah, definitely. So um, also at this point, too, Bo decides that he wants to seal up her pretty little lips, quote unquote, with super glue. And do you think think this would work? (laughs) I, I had that in my notes, too. I was thinking to myself, you know, I I was a Boy Scout, and we had that one guy in our troop that would always play with fire and would always, you know, do dumb stuff. Like, I remember at one point he rode a bike down a set of stairs, and he actually flipped over. Like, he fell forward, the bike flipped behind him, the back wheel hit him in the back of his head, and he actually got a concussion based on that. And I'm pretty sure at some point in my Boy Scout days... He tried to super glue his lips together. 
And I'm pretty sure it didn't Yeah, work. I, I feel like that would so, not work. I feel like there's too much moisture yeah. in your lips. Like, she'd have to keep them pressed. Like, they use, they have, like, surgical glue and stuff for that. But they, they have to, like, press that shit down and, like, you know, hold it for a while. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, uh, her lips are completely sealed. And we definitely get another sense that Bo is... Okay. Definitely at this point, I got this very creepy sense that Bo was super attracted to her. But for the rest of the movie, I don't get that at all. I never really got that. I don't know. I just kind of took him as, like, yeah. a guy who's just trying to do his thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm too hard on Bo. Maybe he's a nicer kidnapper than How I thought. Be so mean but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Dalton's kind of wandering through, and then Nick's kind of wandering through the town, and they're trying to find out. They're, you know, screaming out loud, Hey, Carly! Wade! Where are you at? Um, we see them look at the House of Wax again. We see them look at the church. Nick and Dalton basically just say, Hey, let's split up. And I remember at this point, Nick is just, like, really quick to let his sister go. Like, I think at one point he says something like, oh, yeah, um, this, you know, my, my sister's gone. She's probably headed back to camp. We should probably just walk along the road or drive around the road and see if we see her again. Like, he's very, very quick about it. And it's Dalton who actually just says, well, you know what, let's stay around for a while. So they head on over, and eventually Nick does run into Bo. And how does that scene take place? Uh, so after the, he lose her uh, mouth shut and stuff, he goes upstairs, um, and he, uh, the mechanic guy, Bo, starts talking to um, Eric, and is like, yo, I haven't, I haven't seen this girl, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, and he's just, like, really mean about it, too. He's just like, yeah. yeah, listen, man, this is the only gas station in town. If she would have come on here, I would have saw her. Man, like, he's acting extremely suspicious. He's not even trying to hide it. He's just like, all right, no. come on, man. I've got this girl tied up below. I've had a really hard day. I I had to bury someone. It's It's been rough. So, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like, really nice. Uh-huh. Um, but as he's doing this, um, Carly actually gets one hand loose from her... Uh, her restraint, mm-hmm. um, and she's conveniently right underneath the grate, so she can basically see this all going yeah. down. Um, and so she takes her hand and starts like shoving it up, kind of wiggling her fingers, which you know, admittedly for a movie, smart move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think for horror movies, like some of the characters in this are pretty smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and but while Nick does not see it, mm-hmm. uh, our buddy Bo does, and he, uh, you know, very nonchalantly just bends down with his uh, bends down, and he uses um, the same kind of clippers that I guess are used to cut Wade's leg. It looks like because they're also like. Um, their pruning shears, yeah. which makes me wonder if it was him. I always assume, like, I always assume that it was Vincent, uh-huh. but maybe it was actually him who did. Yeah, who did that mm-hmm. earlier? Um, anyway, yeah. So he, he cuts off the tip of her finger, kind of like the last part of her index finger. I think it's like that last oh, yeah. digit, not, it's the, the, whole, whole not the whole bunch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she's, you know, understandably mm-hmm. pained by that. Yeah. Um, um, one thing though, when she was doing this and when she was like moving her finger up over the grate trying to get uh, Nick's attention, she doesn't look up the grate at all. Like she's standing on her toes and I would think she would be looking up, but like she has her hand way up in the air like Saturday Night Fever dance style, but then she's looking down at the grounds the whole time. It's just like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to put my finger up there and you know, whoever sees that's fine because she could hear both. She knows they're both up there. It's weird. Well, I feel, like, I feel like sometimes that happens, though, you know, when you're, when you're stretching yourself. Uh-huh. I feel like it's hard to look up at the same time when you're stretching your highest. I don't know. I'm doing it right now. Like, I feel like, I feel like I've definitely reached for... I'm doing it right now. I, I'm BG staying alive right now, and I, 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 I'm doing all right. So you're you're stand, standing up on your toes? Uh, like okay, up. hang on. Hang on. I'm doing this exercise can, right now. Can you, can you reach the same height, height as you can? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Really? Because I think I think I think your shoulder shifts when you kind of go the highest. I don't know. Maybe she's had a bit of an angle. Maybe it's weird. Maybe the grates like she had to put stuff in there. I don't know. I she is she is still strapped to the table partially too. That is true. Yes, she is. Yeah, the left side of her is still strapped to the table. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. so he cuts off her finger, and she's like, fuck, but she can't scream because her mouth t- um, uh, glued shut. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, Eric's like, or Nick is like, fuck you, I'm out, mm-hmm. and starts to walk away. Yeah. Um, but then she kind of uses her fingers, rips open her mouth, uh-huh. um, and screams his name. Yeah. Uh, and just as she's about, as she's doing that, uh, Bo is approaching Nick from behind with like a shank yeah. that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's about to go for it. Uh, so Nick, you know, turns around and they have a nice little fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how it goes right there. And eventually, uh, Nick runs into the gas station, locks the door. And in a very smart move, he realizes that Bo's heading to the garage door. So he runs on over, cuts him off at the chase, and then locks that door as well. Uh, Nick is probably the most capable person in this entire movie. And he actually makes a oh, yeah. lot of really, really smart decisions. He's a des- dick about it, but, you know, he's he's doing all right. Um, so he locks the gas station so Bo can't go in. And Bo is just kind of like, I don't know about this. So, Bo heads on down to the basement, or not Bo, uh, Nick heads on down to the basement, meets up with his sister, and they kind of, you know, catch him up and everything's been going on. Bo's crazy, he's the guy from the field whose headlight you broke. Also, the wax people are real people. Um, bum, bum, bum. So then we cut to my favorite scene in the whole movie. Uh, Dalton enters the house of wax. He decides to enter the House of X. And Dalton, at this point, we haven't really have talked about him too much. He's kind of the stoner of the group, even though he never really smokes anything. But he, he's the dumb character of the group. He's the guy who moves around Nick and says, you the man, Nick, and then has absolutely no personality whatsoever otherwise. So he heads on over to the Wax Museum, and he's kind of looking around, and he sees Wade sitting there by a grand piano. And Wade, his eyes are moving back and forth, but the rest of him isn't moving at all. Um, he's completely covered in wax. And at this point, uh, Dalton says, Oh, Nick, you're covered in wax. Or, or not Nick, uh, Wade, you're covered in wax. Don't worry, I'll help you out. And he starts peeling back the wax. And as he peels back the wax, the layers of skin are also peeled back as well. And this is where I was a little bit confused whether, okay, are they injecting the wax into the body or are they covering it? Because as he's peeling back, like, we're able to see the muscle, we're able to see the brains, we're able to see all of that. And then Dalton, as Wade's face is just completely like, he looks like a science fair model with being able to see all the innards. Dalton keeps saying, don't worry, man, I'll get you out of here. Yeah, he still keeps doing it. <laughs> and he keeps peeling back like it's a sunburn. It's just like, uh, dude. dude, dude the second your your finger your fingers sink into somebody's skin, yeah, uh huh. Like, like, how did he even know what's going on with Wade? He like he makes the assumption that there's something holding Wade in place, and that scraping off his face will help him. Like, maybe he was what? high. I don't know. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, maybe. <laughs> You'll kill your friends who are already kind of dead. <laughs> That's how it goes. So anyway, uh, Dalton keeps peeling away. And then uh, Vincent, our other antagonist of the movie, the actual sculptor who turned Wade into this figurine, shows up. Um, Dalton starts to toss stuff at Vincent. And Vincent just kind of moves on over and does all that stuff. And eventually, Dalton runs down to the basement, slips on some stairs, falls down. Oh, wait, no, doesn't Vincent, like, toss a knife at him or something? Um, I think... Maybe, no, Wade, I know Wade gets stabbed earlier. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Vincent somehow incapacitates him. I think he falls down a set of stairs. He does, And yeah. uh, Vincent just de- decapitates him and drags yep. his body away. Um, so Dalton is dead. 
Bum, bum, bum. So we cut back to Nick and Carly, and once again, Nick and Carly um, kind of turns on over and oh. talks about you know, Actually, what's going on there. You may, you may have been right. I, wait, in the in the scuffle with Dalton, yes. maybe he, th- he threw a knife, but it went into Wade or something like that. Like, he... Like, he tried to cut him, but he moved out of the way, and, and I cut in the Wade, and the Wade's like, ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. I think that's what happens. Yeah. 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 So they're, they they kind of go back out of the gas station, and they start exploring the town, and they go back to that old woman they saw earlier, and they realize that the old woman in the window is just another wax figurine. So this entire town is built out of these wax figurines, and Carly makes the inference, oh, shit, this guy is a wax figurine specialist, or, you know, something's going on there, and all of these wax figurines are actually filled with dead bodies. And I guess that's our little bit of a twist for right there. Um, bum, bum, very bum. obvious one. Um, so on that revelation, we cut back to Blake and Paris Hilton. And Paris Hilton is sitting there stripping, doing what she does best. Like, really, this this whole movie just, like, feeds into everything the actual person of Paris Hilton is known about. She's promiscuous. Yep. She's vapid. She has no facial expression whatsoever. And I have to think that the writers or her knew what they were doing because it's just it's it's so very on the nose. Oh, they, they uh, did. Well, I, I guess you know that's part of her brand at this point. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. having her act not as that would be kind of weird. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, one point, uh, they do start. Uh, Carly tries calling um, them, but the or, I'm sorry, Carly did try to call them earlier. Um, and at this point, Blake does get the voice message because before Paris Hilton saw it and she just kind of ignored it. Um, but this yeah. time he does see the voice message that realize, oh shit, my friend, something's up with them. And he leaves the tents. Um, and Paris kind of wakes up in the middle of the tent after they're done banging and realizes that her boyfriend's not there. So she kind of heads on out and then she sees Vincent's who is outside and has killed her boyfriend, just knife through the neck. And yep. they see each other, and Paris decides to run. So she makes her way into this abandoned factory, um, it looks like. And I, I I didn't really get a good sense of what the purpose of this place was. Was like, it's just an abandoned factory in the middle of nowhere, or... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Like, mm-hmm. it, like was it a car manufacturer? Like, there was a lot of cars there. Like, was it? But then there was also was a it, barrel full of cell phones. So maybe it's some sort of like recycling plants. I don't know. Well, the, the barrel full of cell phones may have been the brothers getting rid of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't quite. Like, maybe it was just like a barn uh-huh. that was just had a lot of shit in it. Yeah, I feel because she goes all those grates and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so she's running away from Vincent. Vincent's following her. She ends up on the second floor, and she's carrying this pipe that's kind of, like, um, sharpened at an angle at the very, very ends. And she's walking along barefoot on this floor when Vincent is below her and sticks a knife through the grate and just slices once again up through her Achilles heel. Uh, this time, <sighs> vertically, not horizontally. But she's still able to walk and still able to run, um, and she eventually just kind of goes in and then hides in the backseat of a car as she gets a good glimpse of Vincent kind of sauntering around trying to find out where she is. Um, Vincent does open up the door at one point. Uh, she takes the pipe and throws it at him, and it does hit him, but he's still good to go. So she mm-hmm. runs off to the other car. She hides behind the door. She kind of peeks her head over just to see where he's at, and all of a sudden, bam, downtown, pipe through for her forehead. She slumps on over on her knees, and she is dead, dead, dead. Yep. And Vincent kind of just stares at her as she's kind of bent over on the floor, just admiring his handiwork, like, boom, headshot. Good job, Vincent. Gives himself a high five. 
jumps in the air, freeze frame, and we're all set. Oh, and actually, so at this point, um, so I was watching this at school. I got kind of I, I was with to your find kids stuff. <laughs> um, and like I had two free periods. And uh-huh. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll watch. I'll start watching this movie now and start taking my notes on it." Yeah. Um, so I was in my classroom watching this. Mm-hmm. At this point, I stopped the movie because I was like, "All right, I think the period's about to end. I should start doing stuff." Yeah. Uh, it was at an hour and nineteen minutes yes. when this death happens. Yes. There is still like forty-five minutes of this movie. Oh yeah, left. and we're down to and our we last just two. killed, and that was our last kill. Yeah. Of the movie of like the body count. Yep. Yeah. Andrew's just like, like I demand more blood. I demand more wax, like, and I demand more blood. And you get the wax, but were, I'm not sure if you there, get the blood. There were four kills. I know, and three of them just happened in the last like two minutes. Yes, yeah, it was very quick, and, and we still have 40 minutes left. What of them was off screen too? Blake's was off screen. Yeah, like we don't see him at all. We just see him with a knife out of his thing. And the other kills, I mean, they were decently creative. Like I enjoyed them, but Blake's was just like, oh yeah, I guess he's dead. All right, cool. It was uh-huh. like I I was floored when I saw what time it was. <laughs> I was like, oh wow! Like I I thought I was done with this movie. I'll go home, uh-huh. and, like you know, watch the last twenty minutes of it. Nope. Yep. Um, Last forever. So basically, at this point, we get to the action part, um, where everyone who is going to die has died, and Nick and Carly uh, find a sporting goods store, and they find themselves a crossbow. And they do that, but unfortunately, Bo finds them as well and starts shooting at them. So they make their way into a movie theater, which, again, is filled with a whole bunch of wax figurines. And this is the... Okay. What is the movie playing at the movie uh, theater? It's what, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Okay. Is there any sort of reference? Is there any sort of, like, deeper meaning to that at all? Basically, what I saw this movie a long time ago in one of my film classes, and it's like... Betty Davis's character was like a child star or something like that. Uh-huh. And like I think she had like a sister who's also a child star, maybe been twins actually. Who knows? Maybe that's a theme. Okay. Um and I think one of them I think Jane is the is like her sister and she I think was really popular. Mm-hmm. And then I think at one point like Jane gets hurt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or no, or no, or is Jane I can't remember. One of them gets hurt. And the other one basically tries to hide her, hide that fact from like uh, everybody. So it's like it's like she's kind of like I think she tries to pretend that she's her. Basically, she wants like her fame. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's kind of the twin dynamic again. Because I mean, the the twin thing does keep popping up over and over again. Carly and Nick are twins, and then also Vincent and Bo are twins as well. So maybe something on in there. I'm not sure quite what they're trying to say there. Um, something to do with good twins like, and evil twins, but I think it, I think at the end it ends up being that like. After basically one of the sisters framed the other sister to try to like, uh, or like, try to get the other sister hurt mm-hmm. so that she could take her fame, it turned out that the sister who got hurt, who like you know we kind of felt bad for, or not felt bad, we kind of knew that Jane ruined her life. Yeah, it turned out that she actually was trying to hurt her as well, uh-huh. and the, so she actually got ended up getting hurt like through that action. Uh, okay, or something like that. All right, so it was a big twist. Okay, um, but yeah, it was, I think it was all just about trying to like her trying to replace her sister basically. Okay, all right. Um, but anyway, they're all sitting in the movie uh, with the wax figurines. Carly hides among the wax figurines just by sitting in a seat and trying her best to stay perfectly still, just like the actors in wax work, and uh, trying to figure out, you know, hiding from Bo. But eventually she he does, um, thinks he finds her, blows the head off a wax figurine, but it turns out to be one of the dead bodies that had been there for a while. Nick stands up, shoots him with a crossbow, uh, hits him through the shoulder, and they escape out of the theater. And... Bo kicks open the door to the lobby. Nick's waiting there for them again with a loaded crossbow. Fires it, hits him again, 
and he is down for the count. Um, And this is the part where, like, they have a lot of time where they just kind of stand over his body and look around and, you know, search his pockets. And it's like, guys, didn't you see Zombieland? Well, you didn't because that movie came out after 2005. But um, he ain't dead. It's very obvious he is not dead. Well, the thing about it, too, is they're afraid of him not being dead because, like, he's like, Carly, you know, you get the keys out of him, all, like, keep the gun on him. Uh And, like, it's like, no, just fucking blow him the shit out of his ass right now. Like, what are you, like, like, I'm, like, I don't need to be, like, you know, like, a, like, a, like, a, I probably would get in trouble. Uh-huh. But like, if somebody ever came after me like that and I knocked them down, yeah, that person get bludgeoning the shit out of them. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, and at this point, <laughs> they're not aware of the uh, existence of Vincent either, so they think he's the only person chasing them. So it's just yeah. like, come on, guys, come on, come like, on. Get the shit out of him. At least they like, tie him up or something. Like, yeah, they, they have the guy who's been menacing them. Yeah, horror movie. Like, and he took he took a crossbow to the chest and didn't give a shit the first time. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is what it is. Um, so they decide to head on back to Bo's house because that's where Carly's cell phone was dropped when he, she was trying to escape from him in the uh, in the truck. Um, so they head on back to the house. They kind of explore around. They try and find the cell phone. They're really not able to. So they decide, okay, well, maybe he took the cell phone into the house. So they go into the house, and as they're kind of wandering and exploring the house, they get a little bit of backstory um, about how... Bo and Vincent were the twin sons of a creepy wax sculptor who made the House of Wax. Uh, no, it was a doctor, right? Uh, I think the father was a doctor and she was the wax sculptor. Yes, uh-huh. but anyway, they were a huge part of this town, but something big happened and just not the, the whole place was up in flames and everything just kind of went to shit. So we get a little backstory of Vincent and Bo and how they all became the way they are um, with that so we got there right there i remember one part they do find the gun behind a grate and i think to myself oh my god this is so resident evil like they have to put the eagle emblem on there to open up that grate it's just it's a very weird weirdly designed house um yeah oh yeah the most important part too uh Bo and vincent were siamese twins Bum, bum, bum. And they were separated at the very, very beginning, and Bo's face is fine, but Vincent's face is kind of moved on over. And we haven't really talked about this just yet, but Vincent's face is clearly covered in wax. And I don't mean in a Botox Paris Hilton kind of way, but literally his entire mask, his face is made out of wax. At one point, I think it was um, Paris Hilton who actually like takes a chunk out of his cheek. And mm-hmm. when Bo and Vincent come on back to the house and Carly and Nick have to hide... Um, Vincent takes a bit of candle wax and starts applying it back to his face like he's giving himself a makeover, just pushing it on back. Yeah. <clears throat> so Bo, surprise, surprise, is not dead, and he comes on back and starts cleaning himself up, pulling the arrow out of him and trying his best to, you know, kind of be in his own doctoral self on them. Vincent comes on back, too. They talk to each other for a little bit. They're just like, God, this should have been so much more easy. Vincent applies that wax to his face um, as Carly and Nick are hiding, and mm-hmm. Bo suddenly realizes, oh, shit, those two are still alive. And they're really, mm-hmm. really close by. Well, and just to kind of uh, – in the scene where we have them talking, we kind of, like, get the impression that, like, Bo is more than just, like, physically handicapped a little bit. Like, he, like, can't interact with his brother very well and his brother treats him kind of like shit. Uh-huh. But, like, we get the impression that there might be a little bit – not Bo, uh, Vincent. Yeah. Like, there might be a little more going on with, uh, with Vincent. And it could just be the fact that his brother raises him like an animal. Yeah. But, like, we kind of get the idea that, like, you know, Bo is obviously the face of the two of them. Uh-huh. And 
Vincent like is kind of probably just locked up in this room. Yeah, cognitively, uh, he's he's not as developed as Bo is. He's he's very much a uh, savant in that regard. And yeah, his, and we, we get, we get uh, that he, he tries to like care for him. Like he tries to help him with the arrow and stuff. Yeah, and, like mm-hmm. Bo's like, get the fuck off me. Like don't you know you're not you can't do this shit. Uh-huh. Like so we kind of get the, the impression that Vincent does care for his brother and mm-hmm. you know and his he's just kind of a hurt. he's just kind of a jerk about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, but, but, but Carly and Nick head on down to the basement where they stumble across the room where um, but, but, but Wade was attacked and turned into the wax sculpture. It's kind of the workshop that uh, Blake, uh, or the workshop that Vincent uses to turn all the people into wax figurines. And he sees Dalton um, completely covered with wax in the needle machine in the middle. And he basically just says, oh, don't worry, Dalton, I'll get you out of here. And starts prying back the machine. <laughs> And Dalton's head just completely falls off. <laughs> Which, like, again, it was already it already fell off earlier. The wax is the only thing that was holding it in place. Yeah, exactly. But I just, I don't know. I found that hilariously comical. And then, you know, Nick and Carly are just like, oh, my God, they killed him. They cut his head off. And I'm just like, pop, just done. You know? Yep. That's not a way to get like, ahead in life. Bam. <laughs> I also love that, like, there's no sign that Dalton's still alive at yeah. all. <laughs> like, it's not like with Wade where, like, his eyes are moving. Like... Dalton's face is completely covered, like, in wax. Like, there's no sign of life. And he somehow he identifies first that he's Dalton, when he's just, like, a nude wax figure. It's like the opening and, of Scary Movie 3, where they're spoofing the rain, and they find the girl in the closet with the face all disfigured, and, like, her head falls off, and Pamela Anderson is going, Are you okay? Head falls yeah. off. Are you okay? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> It's but a, this is when shit goes into high gear. Yeah, exactly. So they stumble across the uh, power, b- 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 the circuit breaker for the entire town, basically, and they decide to go back and forth trying to find out some place, uh, some one circuit that turns on the lights to this laboratory because they cannot see. And as they're flipping the switches back and forth, the entire town is lit up like Christmas lights, and both Vincent and Bo know exactly where they are because there's only one place in this entire town that can control the electricity like that. So Vincent makes his way down and runs into Carly and Nick. And Carly and Nick say, oh shit, it's him. It's our wax dude. Um, And what they do is the giant pot of burning, boiling wax, they just dip it right over, which causes this massive fire in the laboratory, separating Vincent and separating from Carly and Nick. Well, they did like that actually even before that, which you don't really see in these movies. Yeah. Like, one thing I will say about this movie is almost, like, Scream-esque in the sense that I think the villains are very human. Oh, yeah. And it has, like, they get fucked up, they get hit and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, Bo gets, like, beating the shit beaten out of him all the time. Yeah, it's... And, like, when when they come, like, we like we don't get that, like, paralyzed fear from Carly and Nick. Mm-hmm. No, Nick, like, fucking is like, let's go, bro. And, just, like, charges him. Like, before they even knock down the wax and shit, like, Nick just tries to brawl with him. Yeah. Nick's, like... And, like, he does a pretty good job. Like, he knocks him down. Like, he, uh-huh. gets, he, he gets him on the ground, and that's when they pour the wax over. So, like... It's nice because, like, they're not, like, sure, Bo takes a couple crossbows and still moves around, uh-huh. but, like, they're not, they don't feel, like, super overpowered. Like, yeah. I felt like they're not if any of these characters were, like, in a good place, like, you know, or, like, weren't kind of at a disadvantage, like, I think if Nick just fought one of them, he'd probably take him down pretty easily. Yeah, definitely. Uh, except for later on, actually, I have a complaint. Uh-huh. M- mostly, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, nice. it's um, yeah, the, 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 Nick and Carly are probably the only two ones in this movie who actually, you know fight back and, you know, do a decent job about that. You know, Wade is, at the very beginning of the movie, he's just like, I'm just going to go exploring, do all that back and stuff. But Nick, Nick is pretty competent the whole way through. Um, yeah. 
So Carly and Nick head on back up to the wax museum and they're back on the first floor where they were at the beginning of the movie and then all of a sudden the floor as the building remember again was made entirely of wax starts melting um and these little holes of flame just start popping up here and there and there's this big fight scene that happens as Bo comes on in and starts attacking Nick back and forth and it's this whole big thing Carly rushes over at one point hits Bo in the back of the head with a baseball bat going back and forth um and eventually Nick does get the upper hand and just starts beating the shit out of Bo, just over yeah. and over and over again, just making up for lost opportunity back at the movie theater when they should have bloodied him red, and they absolutely do it this time. And Bo, at this point, is most definitely dead. No, not yet. Hmm? Nope. On the floor? Then Bo, while Bo's getting attacked, he pulls a knife out of his pocket. Oh, yeah, it was a little bit of a head. Yeah. He does stab Nick's leg, and then Bo comes on back and then beats the shot out of him. Now he's dead. Right? 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 Yeah. Right. No, no, so then, so after she stabs, after he stabs her in the leg, um, uh, I'm further along than you are. Okay. Oh, uh-huh. so after he gets stabbed in the leg, um, okay, so uh, it goes, Carly, it goes she, beat down, hero. baseball bat, stab in the leg. Oh, no, it's beat down, stab in the leg. Okay. Then Carly comes with a baseball bat and beats the shot out of his face. Gotcha. Okay. So it's why Nick's writhing on the round of the ground because he got stabbed in the leg, but Carly comes over and beats the yes, shit out of his face. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. No, it was a good beatdown. Like, it was a very satisfying beatdown. I liked it. I yeah. very much enjoyed it. In terms of the beatdowns I saw that day, it was definitely in the top five. I, um, I, you know, in terms of just movies in general, like, in terms of, like, horror movies, like, like you know, that, that's what they should do. Like, you know, like Jason and shit, no, once he's down, you beat the shit out of his face. Like, that's, that's what you do. It's like at so the many end horror of, movies would end so much sooner if that's what they did. It's like at the end of uh, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 when they finally find Motherface and then they basically, he transforms into the ultimate bro and he hulks out and just, like, slams her all around the place. God, that was so... That was amazing. So anyway, uh, so Carly, uh, or Nick, yells at Carly to get the hell out of there because now Vincent has come onto the scene and Vincent finds his lost brother and just completely mourns the death of his older brother or twin brother or Siamese twin brother. I don't know how that works. Um, and Carly makes her way up the melting staircase while Vincent gives chase with a big-ass knife. Um, Which is very, very scream-esque. Yeah. Like- they're like, you know, scream, they like, don't go up the stairs. Uh-huh. Like, for, yeah, it's usually not the best idea, especially because there are other points of egress. Uh-huh. But don't go up the stairs in a building that is made of wax when there's a fire below the building of wax and the only thing is just going to come down. Yeah, well, that's definitely. Like, most poor choice on Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she heads on up. Um, Nick eventually kind of limps on up, too, but he gets his legs stuck in the melting staircase in this... Like, I actually do... When it's actual practical effects in this scene, the whole visual of the Melting Wax Museum is a pretty cool visual. Oh, it definitely yeah. gives this a is the good... money shot of the film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, stuff is melting. All the figurines are moving down, revealing the dead bodies underneath. Some of them are fresher. Some of them are older. Some of them are just bone at that point. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool visual. I, I, I give it a thumbs up at that point. And especially just the whole fact that, you know... In every single horror movie ever, there's always the scene where someone's being chased and they trip and they fall. Well, this time, the floor is literally coming out from under them. So there's a very good reason for them to trip and fall or get stuck on the staircase, as Nick does in this scene. Yeah. So they head on out to the bedroom. What happens there? Oh, uh, yeah. So Carly goes and runs into, the, uh, runs into a bedroom she finds. Um, so she closes the door behind her and blockades it with a crib mm-hmm. that happens to have two uh, Siamese babies modeled <laughs> into it. How very poetic. Um, and so she's in there, and then all of a sudden a knife, which I love the scene. Uh-huh. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But 
So the, the, the door's kind of melty and wet, and so uh-huh. a knife slides through it, which makes me think, did she lock the door? Like, is there, a, is there like, a contraption in the door to lock? Is it made of wax? It's, so yeah. Many questions. It's made also, of wax, dude. if this was just a wax door to begin with, he could break it down either way. It didn't uh-huh. have to start melting. Yeah. Um, but basically, his knife cuts through the door, and uh-huh. it's a great scene of it sliding down as it cuts the door open. Uh-huh. Um, but as it does, it performs an operation on the two babies <laughs> and cuts them and separates them just like they were in real life. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like poetry and rhymes. It's, and it's you're perfect. just like, uh-huh. fuck you, uh, George Lucas. But... <laughs> No, I could just see after that film was seen, the director and the cinematographer would just look at each other and give ourselves a fist pump and be like, yeah, that's the one that's going to give us the Oscar. That's the four-year consideration shot. <laughs> They're like, symbolism. It's like, but wait, what's the symbol? That the brother is separating them again? Because I feel like this brother likes his brother. So uh-huh. like, that wouldn't make sense. What's what's going on here? Like, oh, it's just a cool shot? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> see? No symbolism. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, she, here's that. Um, and he comes in. Uh and basically, they, they had this fight where she, like, gets on the bed, mm-hmm. uh, which she starts to melt underneath her. And she starts to like, kind of appeal to him. She's like, yo, Vincent, like, your brother's an asshole, uh-huh. but you aren't a freak. Like, he's a freak. You're great. You're yeah. an artist. Like, uh-huh. don't, you know, don't kill don't do this. There's no reason to. And this, is yeah. actually, this is when I first learned that the brother's name is Bo. It's when she says it. Yeah. I did not know it was the entire movie. <laughs> um, and then my notes, I'm like, oh, wait, his name's Bo? I've been calling him a mechanic this entire time. <laughs> uh, and basically... You know, this kind of gets her to him to stop. He's like, all right, you know, let me consider this. Uh-huh. Um, but then Nick, you know, finally makes his way up there uh-huh. and tackles Vincent from behind. Yeah. And they kind of tussle on the bed. Yeah. Uh, where Vincent starts to get the upper hand because Nick's leg is hurting. Uh-huh. Um, and Nick rips off his mask, revealing this, like, interesting, like, half of a face that's going on. Oh, yeah. Like, it looks like they never tried to re- give him reconstructive surgery. They just were like... Well, they did. that face off. But he just... It was wax. He yeah, gave himself his own. He, he's a he's a go getter. He gave himself his own reconstructive surgery. I guess, but like the father's a doctor and the mother, like <laughs> they they could have done something. I feel maybe like. it was a scene where like the father and the mother are sitting around the house, and then the father's just like, "Well, you know, I know someone who's a wonderful plastic surgeon. When he gets older, I could see if there's some sort of prosthetic I could get for his face." And the mother's just like, "No, full stop." He is my canvas on which I must paint my wax. I am going to sculpt him a new face. Honey, we talked about this. You can't solve all your problems with wax. Yes, I can, dear. (sighs) You know, like, though I imagine, like, you know, not obviously not all mediums are the same, but Uh if you have prowess in sculpting wax, you're probably pretty good prowess of, like, clay and other things that wouldn't, like, fucking fall apart all the time. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe, um... Well, this is called House of Clay, and it was just like an adobe house. Maybe wax is a fetish of hers. We'll see. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, gross. I don't know. <laughs> gross. Gross. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, they're they're fighting, um, and it's this weird moment where like we get kind of um, Vince, Vince, you know, Vincent's on top of Nick, yeah, and Carly just kind of stands there for a bit, and yeah. watches, and you get this moment where she's like, "Should I run away?" Should I? And it's just like. Like, you, you could literally do anything. You could probably just touch Vincent. It would probably give your brother, like, a better chance. Um, but then she realizes, like, oh, shit, let me pull this knife that's in your leg um, out of your leg. Uh-huh. Um, and at this point, Vincent has a shiv right above Vince, uh, Nick's eye and is, like, ready to plunge that bitch in. Uh-huh. And she pulls that knife out of him without any warning. Yeah. And I feel like in any logical circumstance, <laughs> that would hurt Nick so much that he probably loses concentration and the ability to hold that knife away from his face, and uh-huh. he would have been dead right there. Yeah. Like, she could have at least said something, braced uh-huh. him, I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like that is when Nick dies. Like, realistically, Nick dies when she pulls that out of his leg, yep. and he lets the knife slide into his face. Yep. 
No, no. Um, he's he's Nick. He's he's a badass. So yeah, he takes yeah. that knife or she takes that knife and shivs Vincent and yep. Does she say a one liner at this point? I don't think she does. No, I think uh-huh. Nick says do it, do it now. Uh-huh. But that's not really a one liner. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Carly, then, do uh, it, do it now. Boom. Yeah. Oh, she does step on his mask before she stabs him. Which is oh, another oh, yeah. she slips on it. Yeah. yeah she she uh-huh. slips on it and gets and thus stabs him even harder, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the full weight behind that stab. So that's that. Um, and then Vincent, um, at that point, kind of, you know, heads on back, or he kind of jumps on back from the pain, and he falls right through the melting floor. And he falls all the way down to the basement, where he lands on top of Bo's melting body. Um, which, hey, more symbolism. Yeah, because their, their heads are lined the exact same way. Yeah, exactly. And they also, oh, um, yeah. that slow, that, that, that uh, subplot point where they both say that Bo and Vincent really like to cuddle, um, they die cuddling each other, so... Damn, That's how it goes. came back. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so the house at this point is just full-on melting. Like, the floor is coming apart very, very quickly. They are nowhere near the entrance, um, and they just they don't know what to do. Where Carly goes up against the wall and then just starts kind of clawing at the wall, and she realizes, oh, shit, that's right. The walls are made of wax. Let's dig our way through. So they start digging as the floor literally comes apart beneath them, and they've got this, you know, the cinematic shot where she's going through the wall, just like they're being birthed from the museum or something like that. And they end up in the middle of the logo of the House of Wax, which is slowly melting down in some very 2005-era CGI. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know, I've never seen a wax building burning down, but I'm assuming no. it doesn't look like it does in the movie. <laughs> you clearly haven't seen the houses yeah. burn down. Yeah, uh, so they escape from the building, uh, Vincent and Bo are covered up in all the melting wax, and the entire building just completely 100% burns down. And as the wax is kind of draining into the sewer system, the camera pans up at the sky, the nightmare is over, and that's that. Um, one plot point we forgot to talk about is Dalton. One of the big things he did is he liked to record the camera and he likes to record their entire trip with everything. So the police officers come on back and they basically just say, Hey, listen, we found this camera. And Nick goes, Oh yeah, that's my friend's camera. And they say, well, it's evidence now. So we're going to keep it. And Nick decides to swipe it for reasons to remember him by. Mm -hmm. Which is great because it's like, man... Wouldn't it be nice if we, like, I don't know, had evidence of this? Yeah, an alibi like, had something. Them? Yeah, definitely. So, so that thing that's ridiculous is, like, we learned that the cops are like, yo, man, we didn't even know this town fucking existed until that fire started. Yeah. Like, how does the town disappear off a map? How does, <laughs> how does that happen? How does, like, where they have the newspaper and all this shit, and apparently like, it's this famous wax museum that used to be there, like, that used to be an attraction, like... How does this all just disappear and nobody has any questions about it? Um, well, when a coal fire ignites under the town and a cult starts up and this pyramid head looking dude comes on over. I mean, that's that's one possibility. Um, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> so we got that right there. So the police officer is um, kind of talking as Carly and Nick right away in their ambulance and someone says, hey, yeah, so we learned a little bit about Bo and Vincent, our two bed dead bodies in the Wax Museum, uh, amongst others. Uh, they weren't the only two. There was a third brother. 
And the camera pans up to the hick from the truck from earlier with the knife, who was really infatuated with Carly. And he looks at the ambulance and smiles as Carly and Nick drive away and they stare at each other's eyes. And then the camera rolls. And that is the end of our movie right there. So, So, yeah. Do you think they're going to use that to set up the sequel? Like, because part of me is like, all right, we never saw that other brother at any point in the movie. Yeah, like in, like in the flashbacks or anything. No, like, no, we didn't. It, it was like, not. It was not earned at all. It was not set up at all. It was basically just like, oh yeah, that random creepy character we tossed on in. Yeah, he's a brother. He's there. Mm-hmm. Dude, but dude, what if he wasn't like part of the shit? What if he like doesn't like wax and fu- and shit? <laughs> it wasn't part of the group. Yeah, like, he's just a nice guy. He's just like, oh yeah, my brothers. They were the creepy serial killer guys. You know, I I, I was never really really into that. I like dead animals. That was my thing. Yeah, like, like that was his ga- his jam. He's like a taxidermist guy. And he's like, it's all right, people. Like, uh-huh. I like actually doing shit with dead bodies. Like, <laughs> you guys, you guys, yours is perversion, <laughs> covering them up. Mine is like, art. Like, because he never, we never seen him go into the town or anything. Like, we, we assume that he would have come back at some uh-huh. point. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. Um, well, he's going to start up in the sequel. He's going to start up another business, and this one's called House of Dead Animals. And it's basically just a whole bunch of pits of dead animals here and there that they can kind of wander on over to. Business oh, wasn't shit, is that as... House of Thousand Corpses. Oh shit! Damn, Rob Zombie. Get, oh get out of here. man, Rob Zombie, you came back up again. Wait, all right. Actually, how did Vincent get to the place of the cars and then back to the house in like record time? You know what? Shut up. Like, see if <laughs> if they if 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 part of that revelation was learning that actually it was the Hick brother who killed uh-huh. them. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, but I don't think that was what's going on. I don't think so either. I don't know. I mean, like as Carly and Nick were kind of wandering around town after she gets rescued, they do kind of say that a whole bunch of time does pass. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole big thing. But yeah. Anyway, House of Lex. Final opinions. Too fucking long. <laughs> yeah. It really like, is. The pacing is all over. But yeah, go ahead. You complain first. Well, like, I just, I just feel like, they're, like, like you guys kind of said, there's so many scenes them just walking around. Yeah. And like, long ass chases where I feel like if they just like, got rid of them, like, just get rid of those weird things. Like, we, we don't need them. Like, it, it's kind of nice because by the end, it is kind of rare to see just like a brother-sister combo in these kind of movies. Yeah. And it's nice to see them kind of like, I don't know, get into their groove a little bit. Uh-huh. But it just takes forever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, especially they should have Especially at the beginning, you know, they're they're very much at odds with each other. So they kind of learn to work with each other at that point, and they kind of learn to figure it out. But that full first hour and 15 minutes, it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Well, I feel like if, if they'd cut from him saving her to immediately running into the House of Wax, yeah. that the movie would have been, like, you know, saved us 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. They didn't need Pace the whole movie theater at the scene. They didn't need all that. Well, it's just like it's just a, like a ridiculous like amount of time between yeah. like the first, the last kill and the end of the movie. Ah, uh-huh. like, yeah. like literally, like Paris Hilton's thing is like an an hour and twenty minutes in, and like the movie's two hours long. Yep, that's insane. Like, yep, there's a reason most movies horror movies are only an hour and a half long, and like if your movie's gonna be longer than that, you need to be a fucking good movie. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. this wasn't one. No, it was padded. It was very very padded. But yeah, that's that. Right, cool. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. I mean, some of the kills were really good, and I definitely do like the whole climax of the film with the money shot with the burning wax building. I think some of the special effects are really, really good. CGI, not so much, but the practical stuff was really good. Um, And like I said, I do like the brother-sister dynamic. I think it was a nice twist on the whole final boy, final girl aspect of it, but 
Yeah, that first 45 minutes. Oh, my God, it's painful. It was. Like, again, it, it, it's so... I, the thing is, I feel like when I... Because I've seen the movie a couple times before, and I don't yeah. feel like I felt that way in the past. Uh-huh. I wonder if it's just, like, kind of modern sensibilities or just being like, wow, that was, like, a ridiculous thing. And, like, and I wonder if maybe if it had been the first time of me watching it and I was just kind of in it for the ride, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded the time as much. Yeah. Maybe, like, you know, the tension would have felt up. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like Monica said, though. You go on, you want to start as close to the end as possible. And they definitely, they did not. So, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think I the claim to fame for this movie is definitely uh, Paris Hilton, her biggest acting role, and her last acting role, because I don't think she acted very much after this movie. Probably for good reason. Probably good for a uh, reason. How would you keep? How would you compare this to a house or no waxworks? Um, and a wax film. Waxwork was definitely more fun. Yeah. Waxwork was definitely very much more fun. Um, it was a, it was a better movie to sit down and laugh at. Like even this one right here. There's. One or two scenes, like I could definitely see if I had a whole bunch of friends around and we were making fun of the movie, the whole part of the beginning where Wade just keeps on going to places he shouldn't be in, I, there's definitely some comedy to be found there. But otherwise, aside from one or two really good money shots, that's about it. Like, there really isn't too much. So, well, And I feel like that's indicative of kind of the horror that was going on at that time, too. Yeah. I feel like, like that, like that Black Christmas remake. Mm-hmm. Like, all those, like, it did, It felt a lot like that to me, where it's just, like... But actually, Black, Black Christmas Remake at least had, like, a kill more often. Like, there's more shit going on in that movie. But, like, yeah. it just felt like remaking shit, and then just, like, taking forever to tell a story. Like, I'm actually wondering... Let me... I want to check and see how long... Um, how long that House on the Hill remake was. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that was long, too. Yeah. Uh, 1999, Jesus. Uh, let's see. That was... Oh, that was only an hour and 30 minutes. All okay. Right, about... 13 Ghosts. And actually, so this director, he went on to like, do all those Liam Neeson movies, like the ones that were basically ripping off. Oh, um, 13 Ghosts is also um, an hour and a half. Okay, so it's just this um, one. Yeah, like what What made this one, what made them think this one needed this? I don't know. I really don't know. But, but I'm, I'm curious, because this, this guy also did the, uh, he so he did like nonstop and like all those movies that came out after Liam Neeson did Taken that were basically Taken, but... yeah. Not that, uh-huh. and I'm, and like a, in retrospect, all the movies had a lot of chases and stuff in them. So I wonder if that was just like his jam. Uh-huh. I know that I've seen all of them. Uh, he also did the Reef, which was good. Okay, or not the Reef, uh, the Shallow. Sorry, that the, okay. one, the girl in the shark. Oh yeah, like, mm-hmm. gets, that was a good movie. Um, yeah. So you know, he did one thing well. <laughs> <laughs> he did like, the you know, one maybe, thing. He did good. <laughs> maybe he did the best he could with this. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. You know. Yeah, definitely. Like maybe maybe it's just the script. Uh-huh. And, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of special features that I kept seeing pop up on YouTube about this. When I was trying to do some research about mm-hmm. like uh, the CG they used for the face, mm-hmm. I didn't really care about it at all. But apparently that was impressive at the time. Yeah, um, I did see that there was some sort of um, but, but but lawsuit because there was a fire on the set during production, and it was a seven million dollar lawsuit over negligence over that right there. Um, where one of the fires near the end of the movie basically just caught the entire set on fire, and also <laughs> they didn't have enough firefighters on sets to take it out, and shit, yeah, the whole set was demolished after this movie. So, yeah, damn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it grossed a decent amount, about forty-two million. So, mm-hmm. well, it's you know not too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not the worst. Yeah. Like, I wonder. Uh... It is interesting that when you search House of Wax, this one comes up first. Yeah, that is very interesting because I feel like the Vincent Price one is more influential. And I don't know how much time, um, just how much time has passed since then, or if it sticks out more in the cultural zeitgeist. But 
It is what it is. So, all right, cool. Yeah, well, I, I feel like yeah, I feel like even though the original House of Wax was like popular and like it's, it's known, I think it's also cultish. Like, because I think it was like one of the first three D movies or something like that. Or one yeah, of the definitely. 3D movies. But in terms of Vincent uh, Price movies, how it goes, I always felt that House of House on House on Haunted Hill was more popular than House of Wax. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, House on Haunted Hill and like The Last Man on Earth. Those are definitely more yeah. like mm-hmm. his jam. Yeah, I feel like because House of Wax like. Again, I think I watched it in, like, a Vincent Price collection, but it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't the headrunner. Yeah. But it's definitely more well-known than House of Wax. So, yeah. Our next one right there. All right, cool. All righty. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I want to thank our band, Teddy's Atlas, for the use of their theme song. For the use of our theme, theme song, Horror Movie Story, you can get that off the album Children of the Corn. I believe they are touring around Canada right now, so if you get a chance to go see them, go right ahead. And Andrew, we need to make a trip to Canada to go see them. We do. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time. Bye.